Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever this podcast may find you. It's I, as always, Gavin. And I, Justin. And we discuss a variety of rabbit holes. We talk about Volkswagen and Audis. Again, what a fucking surprise. We talk about the new Tacoma that just dropped. And we talk about adventuring uh, up to Prudhoe Bay. Not that we've done it, but you kind of want to do it. And I found people that have done it on two-wheeled vehicles. So um, all of that and more on this episode of the Exhibition of Speed podcast. So I think it's a seasonal thing. A seasonal thing, huh? It, it first started in 2021, and I'm not exactly sure why or what the real catalyst for it was. But I started having an itch for motorcycles. Oh, okay. And then I started watching this YouTube channel, Dan Dan the Fireman, mm-hmm. who uh, is a medic, or for, I think former medic. I don't know what he does full-time now. He might just do content full-time. Yeah. But his content that he does is reacting and educating people by using, um, well, reacting to videos of people crashing on motorcycles. <laughs> I've heard of that. Yes, and he, he uses that to educate, and he will play a video all the way through. And then he'll play it again and pause and analyze, okay, this is what this person did, and this is what this is what they did wrong, and this is actually how you do it, and he offers courses to educate people and like all this other stuff. Okay. A uh, really helpful channel. And it was really helpful in scaring me the fuck away from motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I binge-watched uh, DDFM, Dan Dan the Fireman. Yep. And... I yeah I, I binge watched him for probably a month or so maybe six weeks and mm-hmm. then I was like okay with how crazy people are here because like at this time I was still working at the flower shop and this is back when the flower shop was just one building yeah and not expanded to one sugar house and one in downtown and so I did have a thought of like huh what if I got like a low powered motorcycle something that had like character it was like fun to ride like not a heavy bike yeah and I would ride from downtown and just take Seventh East all the way. Down to 27th, hang a left, and I'm there at work, and it's like a nice little ride. Yeah. Um, well, people here are fucking crazy. Yes. Um, I know everywhere else, you know, people do say it's crazy, but Utah was ranked the worst uh, the worst state in the nation as far as, like, you know, accidents and bad drivers. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I can actually back that up with evidence. Um, yeah, so that scared me away. Then... So 2021 to 2022, I was still, like, not really feeling motorcycles. I was like, yeah, that was probably just, like, a phase I had. Yeah. And then this year in 2023, I fell into this YouTube channel. I think I mentioned it before, C90 Adventures. Mm -hmm. This guy, Ed, he lives in Moab. He is English. And he – I fell into his channel by uh, this overlanding group, actually, where someone shared a link to one of his videos – and he bought what he called a mini Jeep, which is something that looks just like a Willys. Uh, it's like an army green color. Okay. But it is a pint size, like, kind of like a little bit bigger than a Power Wheels. I'll, yeah. I'll be honest. It's, a, it's an adult Power Wheels, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, with, with an engine that I believe is actually still smaller than a 212 Predator. That's hilarious. Yeah, like a 212 would probably be an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he took this from Logan... And decided to drive it back home to Moab completely off-road. Yeah, we actually did talk about this because we were looking him up um, when I was talking about the potential trip idea I had. Yeah, and I actually found uh, a video on Revzilla that actually they, these two guys go up to Prudhoe Bay. Hell yeah. On, okay. Uh, one of them was on a C90. Oh, jeez. And one was on a Trail 125, which is the modern interpretation of that scooter. Gotcha. And they, they did it. They did it over like a few days. But they, wow. they started from, I think it was Anchorage. Fairbanks For, is where or, the road starts. Or maybe Fairbanks, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fairbanks up to Prudhoe Bay. And there's actually um, another bay type of area that is even more north than Prudhoe mm-hmm. where they went to. Yeah. it's <laughs> That's a wild trip on something like that. that yeah. <laughs> that's torture beyond what I care to do. Well, and they, they took camping stuff. And actually, it didn't look that hardcore. Like... It, compared to like how you've been kind of like drumming it up to be, I mean one of so, them. Wh- I mean one of them was on a fifty-year-old scooter and he made it. So here's how it kind of goes. It 
it's a big old asterisk of it depends heavily on factors out of your control. So there are like three a three month uh, section. There's a three month section where it's like actually not bad, which is probably when they did it. Yeah, because it's like anywhere from uh, late May to early August, roughly in that time frame. Right, you're pretty clear of any snow. It's about seventy degrees. Your biggest concern is like bugs. Uh, but since the road is driven so much, it is maintained and graded, so it's... Oh, yeah, like, all sorts of, like, work trucks, like, mm -hmm. you know, a ser service trucks and, like, tankers and shit drive through there all the time. Yeah, because it is actually, despite the fact it's not paved, a public road. So it yeah. is it is maintained as such. It, and your biggest difficulties come from all just natural elements. And so if you go during the good season, you're actually likely to not be that much worse than any dirt canyon road here. Yeah. Um, the, the craziest parts happen when you're either slightly outside of those areas or when you're actually in legit winter because it is paved for winter. Well, when are you going? If I did it, it would be probably mid to late in the year. So probably like July, August. Like if I did yes. this. So um, um, I just sent you the link. Okay. So, so you can watch the video. It's titled A Thousand Miles Across Alaska, uh, 1975 Honda CT90 versus 2021 um, Trail 125. Sweet. No, I'd probably go in that window because I wouldn't even mind going a little bit late. Uh, not risky late, but a little bit later in the season because it starts to cool down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so it's not quite as hot and buggy. Um, because the other goal of this is to not just do Prudhoe Bay, but to also do the road called Top of the World, which is only open for about four months of the year. Because mm -hmm. then I can drive both of these roads, which are really cool, iconic roads, and I haven't hardly seen anybody except for some off-roaders that have very little views drive that Top of the World. Yeah, uh, I mean, go watch this Revzilla video. Um, yeah. It actually has 6.2 million views on it. You know, I'm both surprised and not surprised at the same time. Yeah. Because that's, that's a pretty cool feat. On, yeah. on vehicles like that. Yeah. These guys also, um, they went from the east border of Wyoming to the west border of Wyoming. Nice. Completely on dirt. Hell yeah. Uh, they even, uh, not on these bikes, they had, oh, what are they, hold on, I, I was also just watching this last night. Um, but, like, they would run into, like, an interstate. And, yeah. like, each of, like, they, like, both of them would pick up one, one bike and walk it across. <laughs> They're like their their one rule Can't is touch it, pavement. Pavement is lava, is what they said. Ah. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I I appreciate the uh, sticking to the rules to the max. Oh, it was um, a, that's a hilarious. 19, it was a nineteen seventy five Honda XL three fifty versus a sixty nine Yamaha DT one. For those that know bikes, one of them was a four stroke and one of them was a two stroke. Yeah, which that makes it interesting in and of it itself, does. especially with the two stroke. Yeah, you got to make sure to have oil and shit. Yeah, they actually make really compelling content that is like something that I'd like their quality of content is something that I aspire to do. Well, and that's it's really good. Yeah. Uh, ironically, although we've pretty much abandoned two strokes as a society for very obvious reasons, except um, for like weed whackers, except for, yeah, except for small things. Like there's reasons why we don't make them anymore. Do low torque, lots of emissions, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, mixing oil and gas. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of annoyances, but there's also a lot of goods because they're also much simpler. Mm -hmm. So there's very little to go wrong. And, True. They, and they handle altitude much better. Yeah. Um, so doing something like this with a two-stroke is actually probably a little easier. Probably. Because of the fact you have you don't have valves. You you eliminate a lot of your complexity. Well, you're going to you're gonna have to watch this video to find I out, will. Justin. No, I will. Uh, this is really interesting, and it's one of the things I want to do. Because like, if I am going to do a trip like this... You're going to need to do some research. I'm going to need to do some research. And I, and I do want to, like I said, go at a time where it is safe, but also not like, oh, I'm way damn in the middle of it. I'm way good. No, like I, I want at least a little bit of risk. I, yeah. I, I, would, I wouldn't mind going late enough to where it could snow, which would be like mid-August. But it's not going to snow in such a way that, like, I would get stranded. Right. Because um, it's Alaska. I want to see some snow. I don't want to just completely, like, you know. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. I mean, there there are views when you come up over. There is a ridge that, that they come up and over that was, like, maybe 100 miles before Prudhoe Bay that, yep. like, it reviews or reveals, like, all this, like, rocky, craggy, like, you know, ridge line, which mm -hmm. looks fucking amazing. Yeah, so that is actually, um, and I'm going to pull this up just to make sure I get the actual name of it. Um, that ridge that you're referring to is the um, uh, Adigan Pass. So that mm -hmm. Adigan Pass is the highest maintained road in the world. Wow. So as far as altitude and the fact that it is still regularly plowed and maintained. Yeah. Not per paved, but maintained. Maintained, yeah. Which is 
pretty crazy. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it, I think it's both highest and most northerly. Uh, yeah, I believe that. So, because it does go up to, I think, 6,000 feet. And, and the way that they stipulated maintained is that it is daily maintained. Because there are roads that are weekly maintained that are higher than that. Well, dude, I mean, yeah, Ebo yeah. goes up to north of 9K. Exactly. But it's shut down during the winter. Yeah. This, uh, now, well, Pikes Peak. Pikes Peak. Um, is paved all the way. Yes. Uh, but it's, it isn't technically a public road. Like, it is a public road, but it's not, like, quite the same. I don't know. There was some disclaimers as far huh. as, like, how they, like, attribute I was going to say, like, Pikes Peak goes to 14,000. Yes. Um, but they paved. But they do shut it down. It's not, like, daily maintained. Like, if it does right. get cra- pretty crazy. They well, not a lot of roads get daily maintained. Exactly. So that's where this gets its thing, is that this is a road that never shuts down. Yeah. That is constantly used. Um, yeah, Adigan Pass is a pretty crazy portion of that because it does it, i think the drop on the other side it's the only public road in the united states that actually exceeds what is the federal legal limit as a seven percent grade because yeah. this goes to a 12 percent grade yeah <laughs> jesus <laughs> can you oh man i'm like on those bikes that's kind of sketchy it's whatever but if you think about the hundred and twenty thousand pound oil rigs going down that on dirt mm. that's sketchy yeah um no uh there's a lot of cool things there and i wouldn't mind um to go from Fairbanks to that top in a car, like it, it's easily a six hour trip. It's not that bad. Six right. to eight hours. Right. I probably would break it up a little bit because there's some really cool camping spots and stuff you could do in the yeah. middle. Like there's a lot of, it's Alaska. There's a lot of beautiful shit you could do in the middle regardless of season. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't want to just straight bomb. I would want to enjoy it as well. Um, there is a video that they've also done. Is this CTXP? Yeah. Um, uh, Alaska to Patagonia via the the Darien Gap. Yep. Oh boy, that's did they actually attempt to drive through the Darien Gap? Is what it know. sounds like. I don't know. This, I'll have this to watch is my, that. My recommended here. I'll uh, I'll open this and send it to you. Because there isn't any roads, and as far as I'm aware, actually, there's certain portions it's actually illegal to drive through because it's a nature preserve. Well, I mean, the the video <laughs> is titled uh, "Where the Road Ends." Interesting. Uh, what do they ride? Is my question oh, it doesn't say in the description what they rode mm-hmm. but anyways um th- this was not actually intended to be an advert for revzilla because they don't they don't need the, the <laughs> fucking uh the shout yeah but um yeah i don't know that's just like some other rabbit hole i've been falling into yeah uh as well as you know watches and film photography and cars and etc no there i mean Rabbit holes are fun. There, there's one, which I'll just briefly mention this, because it's not really that relevant to overall what we talk about that I fell into. It's a bounty hunter. His name's Bounty Tank, he, and he has a YouTube right. channel. But the only reason I mention that is if you were into the show like Cops back yeah, in the day, I guess this yeah. is this is Cops, but not filtered. It's hilarious. Is it more racist than Cops? Well, um, I would say it's difficult to determine <laughs> because because that show is fucking problematic as fuck. It is. Um, this I would say less because uh, Tank and all of his guys they are black, so they're not. They are actually all in their own community, um, and he's pretty cool in the fact that like he is a bail bondsman and a bounty hunter, but like he does try to help people out. He's okay. Like he'll he'll go get them, be like, "You miss court and shit. Like get back in there." I'll get your ass back out, but don't miss court. Like he kind of is trying to do good for okay. his own community. Okay. So, okay. So that's less problematic. Then. Very less problematic. Okay. Uh, but it is interesting to see the shit that he gets up to. So yeah. anyways, that's been my binge recently, but, um, you want to know somebody that does need help. I did see this the other day and this is car related. Oh, <laughs> who, who needs help? So there's a YouTuber that is very large that I haven't watched regularly in a while. That's an automotive YouTuber. Do I know him? Yeah. Oh yeah. Is he, does he live here? No. Um, that uh, has, we'll just say, fallen from grace. Because I Uh-oh. went and looked at like his current video views. Oh, I, I, oh, I know who you're going to say. <laughs> do, do we see him in L.A. in a purple McLaren? Yes. Oh, boy. He, okay. with about two and a half million subscribers, guess how much views his like last year of videos is getting? Well, so we're talking about Parker Nierenstein from Vehicle Virgins, um, yes. ex-Coke uh, habit haver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or I don't know if he's actually X. He probably still is on Coke, but <laughs> who knows? Um, I, I haven't seen. I haven't. I haven't given a single view to him, not for any like 
specific reason other than just cringy content yep in probably seven eight years i'm probably like five but not but ever since then i mean I'm, if we're talking about percentages like lost like i'm gonna say he's probably a fifth of what he was Te- uh, uh i think probably even less really his recent videos haven't even been breaking 10k what are we talking about videos or reels videos wow Wait, yeah. What? Yeah. Here, let me like they've been breaking between like nine and none of them. I don't think it broken like twenty. Jesus. Yeah. Here, let me pull it up real quick. It's been like, wow. I knew that I hadn't seen much from him in a while. Like I don't get recommended his shit for whatever reason. Um, Alg- algorithm shit. Yeah. If you started watching his stuff again, you would. I would. Um. But like, here we go. Videos. And is he like? Still trying to like you know present um, you know in like a Stradman style kind of thing. He's kind of changed, and I think that might be part of the problem because he's now doing other weird shit like hosting Karmic. But yeah, like eleven k, seven point six k, fifteen, twelve. There's twenty one. So there was one. Wow. But like from where he was, where he was, he's right, millions. Yeah. Uh, where he was either regularly cracking millions, or I would say his average was probably ninety k. Like for an average video, if you well ninety k in a a million is you know is, is a big gap but I know. still uh but you look at him like 10k 19k 14k 8.5 like wow bro we have like not including the audi video we have other videos that have eclipsed that like what are we at with uh well fuck my trailblazer video did pretty well yeah considering it was filmed in 2019 yeah it's it's up in the 20s i think and i i thought it was like 11 yeah, it, it's up more, but like I saw that and I was shocked. Like somebody that has been on YouTube for over a decade that at this point is and has been, you know, uh, under the uh, microscope. Yeah, for of things a long time and was uh, not the starter of, but on the forefront of really. Uh, Fuck our Volkswagen video is more popular than some of his shit. Some of his new shit, yeah. Uh, yeah, Midwest. So my, the Trailblazer, uh, modified Trailblazer is at thirteen. R thirty two is fourteen. Our Minis is at eleven. Fuck. Also, our Fiat five hundred Fiesta ST video, which is like not really a great video, even like is at eleven. And granted, the one caveat we do have to get is that he's still getting these views in like the first twenty four hours. But from there, it seems they just die. Sure. So like he gets he has like a we'll say around ten thousand dedicated of his two point five million subscribers. Yeah. They view and then it's done. That's nuts. That it's wild. I I that is quite the like damaged reputation or whatever you want to call it. Oh, I mean it was definitely damaged reputation. People definitely tuned the fuck off. Well, and after he moved to Cali about five years ago, um, because I think that's five or six, whenever it was years ago from sure. from Michigan. That's really where his content started to change a lot. And then it yeah. about three years ago is probably well, isn't what that I'm... also when like Daily Driven Exotics moved from Canada to LA? Yes. Okay. They all kind of converged at the same time, and his content changed a lot because he got um, it was seemed to be doing good for a while because that was when I started viewing for a very brief period and then sure. stopped. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, it's uh, clearly not been kind to him <laughs> over the years. Kids don't do drugs. Uh, yeah, kids don't do drugs. Well, only do like, natural drugs, I guess. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> Smoke them yeah. if it's legal. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, if it comes out of the ground. I know. Uh, it's all good for you. Yeah. Um, no, I, I saw that, and it was pretty flabbergasted. Which, I also, I also uh, keep forgetting how long our NSX film was. Yeah. <laughs> an <laughs> I, hour and... I forgot it was a 90-minute film. Yeah, I keep on thinking it was like less than an hour, but um, nah, that's that's wild. Uh, but um, actually, if you're listening to this, uh, the previous day, speaking of films, yeah, we'll have a Mark Eight GTI review coming out. Yeah, uh, I definitely took a poo on a Mark Eight GTI. <laughs> uh, I mean, a brief summation: um, if you have a Mark Seven or a Mark Seven Point Five, and if you're thinking about upgrading, don't bother. Because it, it drives the same. The infotainment is worse. Yep. Um, if you feel like you want to make more power, uh, if you live in Utah, integrated engineering is just down the street. If you want to, or there's APR, Unitronic. Uh, what's, there's another one that Andrew went with. Uh, uh, either way, it's Volkswagen. There's plenty of the, options. Yeah, yeah. You've got so many options. It. it I didn't drive this one. This was Gavin and Jaden. Um, yep. Shout out, Jaden. 
but uh, I don't feel like I missed much. I, I don't have really an intention didn't. to. Like, I would love to actually physically sit in one of their interiors to personally experience how bad it is. Right. Other than that, I don't really have a want or a care. Guess what? It drives exactly like your all track. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's, there yeah. isn't a fucking difference. Um, something that I am actually intrigued with, though, is the Mark 8 Golf R. Because they've revised Haldex even more. There is a drift mode in it. Yep. Not that I want to try to be Ken Block, but, but um, I, I do want to see how that new Haldex uh, acts in corners and, you know, getting the back end to maybe at least meet the front end. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, one of the weird things is that it's actually not Haldex at all. What do you mean? They completely ditched Haldex. When? Mark 8 Golf R. Is it Volkswagen, in, like, internal? But it's a Haldex-like system, though. So... That's where I'm a little confused because somebody actually, I told that to somebody and they corrected me saying, actually, it's not Haldex and it is very different. Um, Who corrected you? Um, I don't know, but it was one, I think it might have been Carson because he knew that it, it wasn't Haldex. So whatsoever. it's not a front wheel drive car that has clutch packs in the back that it uh, feeds power to when, when uh, necessary? That's where I'm a little confused, and I need to do more research to figure out what is different because it's different enough to where not they did obviously they did their own thing, they changed the name, whatever that can mean. It could be the same, just self developed. Um, but it's different enough to where it is, I think, more um, active than Haldex. Well, so there was a thing that happened with the RS3 mm -hmm. last year, I think it was last year, yeah. Um, and Farah got kind of roasted for this. Okay. Which is unfortunate because he was just parroting what the um what the marketing people at the event were saying. Yeah. And even he he checked in with engineers and they corroborated this, but what ended what what the reality is is up to 50% of the power can be sent to the back. Okay. And 100% of that 50% can be sent to either rear wheel okay yes so the rear wheels can overdrive the other rear wheel okay okay it's not like it's a car that can be a corvette immediately yeah um what was told i'm trying to remember what the fuck was told um it's in his review i think the review is probably still up mm -hmm. um but people were thinking that like you could send basically any amount of power to the back yeah which is not true you can, and I, I would be, frankly, flabbergasted if they change anything from the RS3 to the Golf R. It's probably the same thing, but up to 50% can be sent to the back, and of that 50%, each wheel in the back can have 100% of that 50. Okay, so I just pulled up this right here, which is a deep dive. Um, you pull, can you yep, that's what I'm bringing up to you, um, of exactly what it is and what's different. So it is not clutches. Interesting. So it has ditched clutches completely. That's it good. starts right uh, right here. For the Mark 8, Volkswagen has moved on from Haldex-style electric clutches known as Magnatorque Vectoring. It's an electronically controlled system which has a greater amount of things. So it seems like what they're doing is basically ditching the fluid and clutch altogether. And um, this can send more than 50% to the rear end. It seems. It says Haldex could only send... Okay, so where does it say that it can send more than 50 it, well, by them phrasing this, Haldex could only send up to 50% of the drive to the rear end. Each wheel got 50% okay. of that. But in a hard cornering situation, the new one can send more torque to the outside wheel. So, like, they don't stipulate it. And that's so, what makes me wonder. So what's happening is it still sends up to 50%, but it can use more of that 50% per rear wheel that can mm -hmm. overdrive the other rear wheel. Yeah, and it just seems they changed the method. So, like, yes, the, the basic platforming, of course, is still very similar as yeah. far as it, but it seems that they ditched fluid, and they're using probably magnets is what it sounds like to okay. engage and disengage this. Uh, just a total redesign and rethink of how it functions, and yeah. then given the ability to do dynamic torque vectoring between the wheels. That kind of means nothing until you drive it, though. That's what I'm curious about. Yeah. Because being that it isn't actual Haldex license for the first time in over two decades... Yeah. I'm wondering what is the feeling difference. Yeah. Can you, can you actually feel the difference in the seat? Uh, I'm assuming yes, because the Mark 8 has gotten some pretty rave reviews. Yeah. 
Uh, and when you actually see video of like the back end coming around from people that aren't Chris Harris. Yes. So that's <laughs> what I'm thinking is that since they don't stipulate whether or not it is more than 50%, that's what I would love to do some more research and find maybe because if it could do like 60 or even 70% of the rear wheels, I, I don't think it does. I think it, I don't think it does unless maybe that drift mode during those spurts could enable that, but I don't know. Maybe. Um, I, I, I was under the impression that the GR Corolla and I guess Yaris for those that don't live here um, are the only real hot hatchbacks that can send more than 50 to the rear. And that's probably correct. I just wish they gave a number in here. But they on, on this Mighty Car Mods article. Yeah, um, which I do trust them. Clearly they've got images and have talked to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever it is. Yeah. Um, uh, tune in next time when we have uh, maybe an update on this, or yeah. maybe not. Oh yeah, I'll see if I can fuck around and find out. Yeah, but I no, that's the only market that would interest me for very obvious reasons. Um, other than that, I mean, it's funny how Audi Volkswagen centric we've been on a lot of our content, considering how not much of the new stuff interests me whatsoever. I, they're they're the only thing from Audi that interests me is kind of the rs3 yeah i mean the R, the r8's great would love to drive a new one yeah would love to drive uh, a first gen v10 with a gated manual i think that would be awesome that'd be hilarious and um, fantastic that'd be great but um none of the golf platform cars really interest me i like rs3 i wish we got the like a hatch version of rs3 i think that would be like tits oh honestly yeah. like imagine a five-cylinder turbo with dsg and a hatchback form factor that's all-wheel drive I mean that's perfect. Yeah, I I would love that too. Yeah, and um, they would they probably sell for double MSRP if they sold here. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, have you seen some of the GR Corolla listings? Uh, I mean, what someone sold one for eighty, I saw. So, I don't know about sold. However, on Cars dot com, there has been an auto trader. There has been some listed for one ten to one thirty. <laughs> <laughs> from actual dealers. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, yeah. So double. Blacklist. Double MSRP. Fuck them all. double approaching triple. Like, Jesus. what the fuck? Yeah, that's insane. That's... I mean, like, asking for the Maritzo, and those that's the one that would be selling for that, or yeah. at least listed for that. I mean, a Maritzo for 50, what, 4K, mm -hmm. more or less, uh, maybe, you know, out the door with taxes and... Uh, you know all that stuff for sub 60 yeah that's a lot to ask for a corolla yeah it really because the, the magical shit that's in that car is things that are like under the skin mm -hmm. they're not things that you're interacting with i mean the 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 gauge cluster is still out of a corolla infotainment i mean the seats are a bit different and yes you have a, a manual gearbox and all-wheel drive and a three-cylinder 1.6 that, you know, makes 300 horsepower. But everything you interact with from a driver um, is technically like, like still the touch, Corolla. Like the touch points and stuff are. The way it drives is not like a Corolla, and it's probably not like anything else that's really on the market right now. Yeah. Um, still have yet to drive one. Got got the, got the our eyes open. Yep. Keep Keeping our eyes peeled. But, um, yeah, it's it, it, it doesn't, like, for a day-to-day -day driver, it doesn't offer anything... That's beyond even say like an STI. No, um, the only the things that you would get to truly experience why that car's worth its money yeah. would either be on a track or on a canyon road, like something that wouldn't be done on the daily. Right. Uh, Did you see uh, the thing the GR Yaris that I shared? Yes. So this uh, company in Australia called Powertune they modified a GR Yaris mm -hmm. to make seven hundred and forty fucking horsepower. <laughs> it's it's insane. Um, the dynagraph that's showing here uh, says that it goes up to eighty one hundred RPM. That's high. That's a yeah. That is a screamer. Actually, wait. Um, I'm seeing the line actually go to like eighty five hundred. I think it maybe make it makes peak power at eighty one and goes to eighty five. So I mean that's. You know, uh, forged connecting rods and pistons and crankshaft and like crazy like valves and you know valve springs. It's a full retainers build. like it, that. That's that is a full engine build, but yeah, fucking cool. <sighs> Interesting. Like that's a wild amount of power for that small of a car. Yeah, for something that can fit in your pocket. Yeah, and it has power to rival a demon. <laughs> 
Like, oh, you thought your demon was fast? Oh, that's adorable with your two-wheel drive, 5,000-pound fucking couch. Watch my mouse take that thing. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Squirt. That, that's wild. It does make you wonder uh, where... Actually, that is a, that's a good question. It makes you wonder where, like, Toyota as a whole is going to eventually try to take the GR brand. Because they have been pretty vocal that they're not interested in going full electric at the moment. Yeah. Um, so it makes you wonder... Would they potentially, maybe a few years down the road, release a next-gen um, GR86 that maybe is like a hybrid, you know, like hybrid-assisted? Well, that would negate the entire uh, ethos of what the GR86 is, because the GR86 yeah. is supposed to be a pure... There's The reason why they haven't turbocharged it yet. Yeah. Um, pure lightweight sports car. Lightweight, front-engine, rear-drive manual. You can't get an auto, but why? Yeah. Um, Sports car. And uh, I did see something this week, though, that there was a possible teaser of a GR Prius. <laughs> Honestly, with how fire the new Prius looks, I, I saw the rear kind of end cool. of one uh, the other day uh, when I met up with Gervinder. I'm not going to lie. I would kind of fuck with that. That would be, that'd be interesting. <laughs> it would be kind of cool. It would be, it, yeah. I, I'd like to see what the actual fuel economy of like real world of that would be, oh, like boy. going up hills and shit. It would be funny if you could still crack like 30 while hooning it. That would be awesome. In a GR Prius. I'm here for it. This, yes, please. More of that. <sighs> I, I really wish that that would happen. Um, that's that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, oh, but here's another weird thing that would hap- like would have happened yesterday but didn't. So do you remember a couple weeks ago how there was all those rumors going around that Hyundai was going to make that Envision 74 concept? Yeah, it's not. So yesterday was the day that was allegedly supposed to be released. Oh, that was it, Pony Day, right? Yep, it came and went. Nothing happened. Okay. Um, but here's the stupid thing. There have been more rumors circulating around that like the, the um, CEO has talked, um, which has just, just muddied the waters even more, basically saying, oh quote, absolutely, we are serious about this. This could come into production. We have the platform. It's a motorsport platform. This isn't just a baseline concept. This is a legit functioning product that we have aspirations for. So like okay, whole bunch of PR speak. Yeah, <laughs> um, makes me wonder where it's going. But somebody actually um, on a Facebook group had, I think, a good theory. So their theory was that the current functioning concept is a 670 horsepower hydrogen fuel cell car. Yeah, their theory was that well, the likelihood of that going into production as it sits for anywhere near a reasonable price is basically nil. Mm-hmm. But if they took that body and dropped, I don't know, their 3.3 twin turbo into it in a rear drive platform. I mean, that would be awesome. That, I mean, that that's car guy dreaming right there. It is. So, like, he had a good point. He's like, they have an existing platform with the Genesis Dash Stinger that already is a longitudinal rear-based platform that they could drop into that if they wanted to put that car into production, maybe just without the hydrogen shit. Yeah. Because guaranteed, if it did keep that, it would be a $120-plus thousand dollar car because of the technology shit that's in there. Probably, yeah. Which, eh, like... I don't know. Depending on how good it is, maybe it could be worth that. Nobody knows. Like, this thing... I it, mean, it's hard to determine, I mean, at least at our uh, <laughs> uh, automotive education level, yeah. it's hard to determine an actual value of, you know, a hydrogen car that makes, that's that's actually fast, that has that kind of styling and that kind of, like, R&D. Sure, but probably, like, 120 to 150, probably. Yeah, and then the final thing you said is that... Um, if they do put it into production, it would be a limited series, so it wouldn't be on the dealer floor. You would have to order it through Hyundai. Right. Which actually makes Imagine me... Imagine the gray market for that. Oh, my God. Which does make me wonder, um, it almost sounds like with the way they phrased that, that they would actually be bypassing dealers. I don't know. Um, yeah, it, but gray market, people, individuals flipping shit. They would flip shit, yeah. yeah. Um, so... We'll see. I was just not very surprised to see that day come and go with yeah. no announcements. Yeah. Sad, but not surprised. Yeah. Because th- that thing doesn't... You were more hopeful than I was. I was like, I don't see this actually happening. I was uh, cautiously optimistic. Like, that would be cool. And they did um, put more work into that, given how much of a fully functioning product and prototype it is, yeah. than usually would be the case. Who knows? It just... Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, it would be cool, but... I kind of see it and don't all at the same time. Yeah. It's wild. Um, 
Oh my god. Oh wait, uh, is it, it's eleven. It is. So our video has dropped. Our video has dropped. Have I gotten the notification? Yes, I have. Look at that. Same here. Nice. Well, if you want to go check out Gavin shitting on a market, <laughs> please do, because it'll be also funny to read the comment section and see how many people are. Oh, you got this wrong. You well, got that wrong. I think there'll be less of that on this Probably. particular video. Um, Bro, why you got to hate on Volkswagen? Because they're fucking boring. That's why. I got a text from a certain individual that we both know um, that was uh, happy and shocked that he found out that the uh, Q3 comes in a manual in Europe. Uh, is this Randall? No. Interesting. Other Volkswagen. Oh, like a Volkswagen Oh, person. Volkswagen person. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and I responded like, cool, great. yeah. I'm it's, sure it's ass. I'm both not surprised because it is a um, MQB platform. Yeah. And not interested whatsoever. It's probably like a little 1.6 or 1.4. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't. I, I, I That doesn't make that car better. Nope. Just as much as I've heard the argument that the fact that I got an automatic Tacoma makes my Tacoma worse, which, granted, it is a very shit automatic. I will but it's also a that. shit manual, too. Yeah, it's choosing from Oh, two the new Taco, we haven't even talked about that yet. Because Actually, the yeah. last, last time I saw you was before Overland Expo. So, let me get that pulled up. Here. Which, the car or the truck got revealed at Overland Expo, but there was also an event, a press event that was, I think, in Hawaii? <laughs> Sorry, this is some fantastic uh, internet backend bullshit. Shirt search Toyota Tacoma. Consider the Honda Ridgeline <laughs> is the first sponsored ad. Well done. Oh man, whoever just uh, did that SEO backend <laughs> shit, you deserve a raise because that's hilarious. Good job. One gold star. You did your job well. Um, no, like uh, oh, that's funny. It pulled up the old Tacoma. Um, no, looking at the new... There it is, 2024 Tacoma. No, looking at it, I am fairly intrigued and, ex and excited. It's, you know, I mean, if we're going to start off with styling in this discussion, it's, that is absolutely predictable and typical of Toyota because look at the car, the trucks that just came out before it. Yep. Being the new Sequoia, the new uh, Tundra, uh, with, you know, the, the not quite Predator Maw from Lexus, but, you know, yeah. the, the big grill... Redesigned headlights. I'm not really a fan. I mean, okay, in that uh, pre-runner or what? What's that trim called again? With like that? Uh, no, the the oh, next one. They, that one. They call it. I think it is the pre-runners. No, it's it. something else. Let's see. I force max. They had the trims on here. Oh yeah, choose your adventure. Um, so they have the TRD Pro. The suspension seats. Trail, trail hunter. hunter. There it is. Yeah, in the trail hunter trim. Um, that, like, okay, so what I was about to get into is the fake grills that are below the headlights. Yep. Aesthetically, with, like, the roof rack and, like, the almost um, Chevy Avalanche rear, like, 45-degree angle yeah. bracket, I guess. That's got to be just a molly panel bracket. Um, like, the vibe is there. I'm still not into the fake grills below the headlights. That's yeah. kind of my only real design qualm with it. I think it's totally understandable like the direction that they're going with um they what's i know it's one engine that's powering all trims but there's just a different um like one's a hybrid and one is it there's three options for power though i do know that yeah they're, um, they're all turbo 2.4s yeah they're all turbo 2.4s yeah so like the trd pre-runner sr5 and sr so the base ones are all just a 2.4 turbo and then the trail hunter is a hybrid yeah so it looks like the trd sport and north so all the mid and up trims are actually all the same 326 all the way down 326 and 465 torque yeah so that's gonna scoot that's a hefty amount of torque i'm gonna be interested to see how many trail hunters like at least utah gets yeah um i could see you know somewhat not i don't want to say hype beast because that's kind of an overplayed term but people that want the latest and greatest shit you know um no one's trading their raptor in for this no but there might be some people that want to get you know uh maybe forerunner fanboys or taco fanboys are just going to trade up for the next shit and they're going to be like oh this is like the the one to get so here's the thing there's a there's a couple things i'm interested or excited about this so on the trail hunter specifically one of my qualms with the trd pro is that it is only offered in a short bed the trail hunter is offered in the six foot bed 
Okay. Um, it's a five foot bed for the short one. Yep. Okay. So that is interesting, given that they have been adamant about never offering the TRD Pro yeah. in in a long bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, understandable. It's not. It makes it worse for off road, et cetera, et cetera. I get it, but it's still like, eh. I, I think it'd be cool to be offered. So seeing that the Trail Hunter, which is very close to the TRD Pro, yeah. is offered, and that is cool. Um, I'm also curious about fuel mileage because. That's why they have this engine. Exactly. It is powerful, but like how much mileage can you really eke out of it if you're just using it daily? Because that is supposed to be one of the benefits of a hybrid. Right. Um, And my Tacoma, even with its, so having its shell, it's more aerodynamic than it was, so that helped. um, But with my stuff loaded in there, I can usually achieve 18 to 20 average. Well, you have like, with when you fill yourself up with water, like that's 600 pounds right there. Yeah, I, I, I go down the road weighing about 5,500 pounds compared to the roughly 4,100 the truck weighs empty. Wow, you load 1,400 pounds on that? That's why I have airbags. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, um, given that I'm able to get that fuel economy with the old ass engine and tech that's in mine, it does make me wonder, like, does this go up to the mid-20s? Um, does it even in certain trims, potentially touch 30 because uh, on the limited and off-road. So there's been a lot of text or talk about the big lower air dam on... Which is removable. Which is removable, exactly, on these ones. And their whole point about that was to meet modern standards with most trims, this is required to like get the average person up to a decent fuel economy for aerodynamics. Um, can we hold this one second? Yeah. Let me click we- the pause button. We'll be right back. Zooming. Okay. So... Um, no, on uh, most of these trims, they talked about how like they have this large lower air dam, which is removable, like you said. Yeah. Um, that was to help with aerodynamics and and gas. Yeah, mileage. get it, getting the air around the tires. Yeah, so it does make me quite interested to know how well that would actually do because the one reason to buy, for instance, a Colorado is the available diesel that will get almost thirty miles per gallon, yeah. like twenty eight to thirty, mm-hmm. if you're careful, which is great and. I wish that we in the U.S. would have the privilege of having some of Toyota's diesels that the rest of the world gets because they're just about the best diesels you can buy for a small truck. Mm -hmm. We we don't. We still don't, sadly. But this might be the second best thing is getting a hybrid like this and also going from a six-speed auto to a 10-speed. Okay. What's the 10-speed out of? It might be... I don't know if it'd be out of anything else, actually. You think it's bespoke? Actually, it would be shared with the 4Runner. I don't think the current 4Runner has it. Because the current Forerunner, it looks like hasn't been like changed for 2024 yet. Right. So probably and that makes sense. Didn't that have? Did that happen last time too? Did the mm-hmm. Taco come out first and then the the Forerunner followed suit? Yep. So okay. I think it's probably going to be the same thing. So probably. maybe 25, the new Forerunner comes out with the same trans. So it might be launching first with this. Probably because they are the same rough platform. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see, you know, for to to see your reviews about like how how the truck drives. Like here's the thing. Uh, people, mostly boomers mm-hmm. or boomer-minded folks, yep. will be like, "Oh, it doesn't have the V6. Right. Oh, I, I can't have a hybrid in my pickup truck." <laughs> like, okay, if you drive one, you're not gonna be missing the the all gas engine. Yeah, because you joke about me being a boomer all the time. However, I don't hold any of those opinions. I've put a hundred and three thousand miles on my Tacoma. You've, you've also grown up a little bit my the reality is i couldn't give a shit less what's under the hood yeah my that v6 to me is fine it is adequate like there's a lot of people that will joke that like oh it's so fucking slow it's it's a tool tool for job exactly it is a truck it doesn't need to scoot like a trx at all no there's specific tools for specific jobs that's a different tool than a work truck yeah and this given it is a power bump and a major torque bump over my truck yeah is a better tool for the job, arguably. Oh, yeah. So I'm really curious about this, and I'm also curious about the the seats that you mentioned, <laughs> the, the isodynamic uh, seats with the air cushioning. So how it, how it works is it is just air. You fill it up with basically just an air chuck like you do with tires, and then you can use those knobs to adjust it. And they have... What? No, I, I just don't care. I know you don't, but I, I'm curious to see how this works okay. that's fine if you don't care okay but maybe other people do gavin there are other opinions besides yours I'm anyways sure. so they they ship it with a chart that basically says if you this weight puts this much psi in it and given that semi trucks have been like that for a long time i'm curious to see how they are because this is on the floor like there's not much 
spring that can like truly right. bounce and go on. Well, they said it's like what, like a seven percent improvement or something. <laughs> yeah. So okay, it's cool. Uh, but like, how well does it actually help? It just yeah. When I see that, I just think gimmick. Very expensive gimmick. <laughs> like why? I I mean, actually, I'll tell you why. Um, they they probably saw the new M4 seats yeah. and M3 seats, and um, I think this is an attempt to make the truck look and feel more upmarket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's always been expensive. That's one thing. My Tacoma was still forty three grand. Yeah. They've always been expensive small trucks. Um, and honestly, as I've well, you say always, maybe for the past three to five years. Uh, and for that. You haven't really gotten as much for your money as I maybe would hope. There's a few nice well, off-road no, well, features. Well, not at first, but when you go 200,000 miles... That's where your money's spending. Yeah, but it's all about the R&D and the longevity and how robust the truck is. But as I've argued before, like there's some things that they skipped over that they really shouldn't have. Like 2019, no Apple CarPlay or Android Auto, but you have, but it is a full touch screen, and I have the highest package. That's yep. pathetic. Yeah. Thankfully, all obviously this one fixes all those problems, and I am also very curious about the interior because it looks like a miniature um, version of what they did with the Tundra, which yeah. I've sat in one of those. I actually liked it. Oh yeah. Yeah, it did. It not only felt good, but everything seemed thoughtfully and functionally laid out. Yeah. So I am curious to see this. The one complaint I have about the interior is the gigantic iPad. Holy shit, that is huge. Yeah, but it fills the dash well, though. It's not like, and I've never really understood or liked the, um, the like the 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 Ram trucks. Yeah. With like with the vertical display that. To my brain, just doesn't really compute. Yeah, uh, this in the in the Tacoma is still landscape instead of portrait. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, it it works better than most. I agree with you on that. It's not quite as tacked on as some. Uh, I still think it's like kind of intrusive to the cabin. I bet you'd get used to it though. I'm sure you would. I wouldn't not buy it because of that. No, that's my only real gripe with it. Looking at everything else, everything else looks like a thoughtful uh, redesign and change from my current one. Because the thing is, my current third gen Tacoma it shares more than 50 to 60 percent of its parts with a second gen realistically they this is the first time they've redesigned the Tacoma since 2007 yeah so almost two like a decade and a half um I actually design wise have more of a bone to pick with like the HVAC that's below the screen than the screen itself. That's become more of a trend on a lot of vehicles not like a lot of cars especially in Mm -hmm. fact even the new 992s uh, they got moved down pretty significantly. Yeah. But in that car, you're sitting low enough, it's not a problem. Yeah. Also, I mean, okay, so they fitted this with new seats. How's the riding position? Yeah, I'm curious is about it, that too. Is it actually going to hurt my knees? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it does make you wonder. And has it actually, uh, granted, they did give this finally for like the 22 model year um has it does it actually still have like height adjust because mine doesn't even have a height adjust my my truck oh, really nope you couldn't no get... but no I, I know yours doesn't have height adjust but the the 22s do yes oh they finally gave it electric seats in 2022 oh you meant for the seats not for the i thought you said for the meant for the truck no I was like really i'm talking okay. about no you couldn't get electric seats whatsoever until that's hilarious. 22 in tacomas yeah, really hilarious, especially since Forerunners have had them since like 2007. Yeah, well, um, most cars have had them since the mid 2000s or early 2000s. Yeah, so I, I'm wondering about the main creature comforts because it does look like the cabin height has improved quite a bit because that's one complaint, understandably, for a lot of people is it is a really narrow cabin to give it the ground clearance it had. Um, So it looks like they've done all the right changes and I'm really excited to actually physically see one at some point. Um. Yeah, I mean, that would be cool if we did a review on one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> naturally, I've already had uh, salesmen from the place I bought mine reach out and be like, hey, you going to upgrade? I was like, mm-hmm. give like, me a, Give me a 24-hour test drive and I'll beat the shit out of it. Maybe I'll consider. <laughs> yeah, like, the reality is the creature comfort upgrade would be good, and I'm yeah. sure there would be a mile per gallon upgrade, but, like... Oh, the, there definitely would be. But the amount of money I would have to pay, what obviously would For you wouldn't be worth it. Yeah, it wouldn't get outweighed. Like, even if I got up to 26 miles a gallon average, even if it was as much as that, 
I, I wouldn't. You know how long it takes to recoup money from improved fuel mileage? That's exactly what it's I'm saying. It's years, yeah. even if it's like a substantial bump. Yeah, it wouldn't be worth the extra. I mean, I don't even know. Like, fortunately. Well, well, we uh, Pricing hasn't even come out on this yet, has it? Nope. Okay. So I we mean, don't even know. The the Trail Hunter is probably going to be a $65,000 truck. Probably. Yeah, we'll have to see because right now the outgoing stuff um, is fifty one k for the TRD Pro. Wow. So I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I could see. Yeah, high fifties, low sixties is what I'm thinking for like top trim. I'm. Yeah, I wonder because I can see that given how much this has changed, mm-hmm. but it also makes me wonder if they would risk going that much higher. I bet they would. I'm gonna shoot- also mark up. Also, markup. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, seeing these for like the trail hunters, seeing them for seventy five is going to be pretty common. I imagine. See, my thought is actual MSRP for like trail hunter TRD Pro territory yeah. is going to be fifty five. Mm. So, like a five roughly thousand more than current gen. Um, it's got. I mean, with the money that it takes to engineer that hybrid system and you know turbos and you know everything else that's kind of going on, and also redesigned it the uh the exterior and interior and develop those seats and everything else it's got to be more than that the only reason i don't think it is is because of how long they've been banking on the same exact truck they've probably pocketed away a lot of money to do this and they also know that they are going to be selling this for decade you know or longer so maybe i don't know i don't know i'm really curious to see like if for instance with my trd off road being 43k I could imagine the new DRD off-road for the 2024 being like... Well, your your truck is also four years old. Yes, um, but they haven't changed in MSRP pricing. Again, that's not including markup. We don't know. Right. I, I don't know what the fuck that would be. But as far as MSRP is concerned, they didn't really hike. They were still at around 43, okay. even this model year. So I, I'm going to assume that a TRD off-road like mine would go for 46 and that a uh, TRD Pro-Trail Hunter would go for 55 MSRP. I'm... I imagine we'll see it pretty soon. Pricing is probably a month out. Yeah. Only time will tell. Yeah. But I am super excited, though, that it does look like the Tundra, and I think they finally made the right move with this entire thing. I think they did. Yeah. Because for better or for worse, um, Tacomas have just been one of the staples, and they have been quite dated for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, the last year was kind of dated when it came out. It was. Like, it was... yeah, it was on, like, the trailing end when it launched in 2017. Mm-hmm. And then they just kept on making the same shit for, like, six years. And to me, the thing that's funny about that is they have always been uh, trucks that, like, the reviews from uh, journalists are shit. It's hilarious. Journalists hate them because of that fact, because they're dated and they don't drive as well. And Ford and Chevy have gone to great lengths to make, like, the Colorado and the Ranger much nicer to drive. Yeah. Um, but then the people that own them, not really even me, because like I own it as a tool, but somebody that would own it because they really want to own that thing. Yeah. You know, they they love it because for better or for worse, they're correct in that it'll just last forever. And as far as off-roading is concerned, they're one of the best platforms to build off. They can be, yeah. They're just they're just a bunch of Legos. So. Yeah, we we you know you know how many white forerunners <laughs> I've seen in the last month at my shop dozens, <laughs> not dozens, but I've seen four. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh, another white forerunner. How predictable, <sighs> which makes it even more frustrating that even yesterday, as I was heading to a job in my tan Tacoma, or as many people have called it, uh, iced coffee colored Tacoma or beige or beige. Um, like even just stopping to pick up something real quick from O'Reilly's the lady's like, Oh my gosh. Wow, I love that truck. And it frustrates the shit out of me. Because I, again, bought it as a tool. And I've owned so many cars that are much more interesting and much rarer than that thing. Yeah. And yet, that is tied with the stinger and the sob with attention it gets. Yeah. It's, it kind of pisses me off. (laughs) You should get a Fiesta ST. No one talks about my car. No one gives a shit. However, did you see that our good friend Zach? Did I see? Bro, he's been like, he... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, I saw. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, yeah, he was asking me all sorts of questions, you know, leading up to it. Um, he had the car shipped from car uh, with CarMax to uh, L.A. Okay. Um, 
for those that don't know what's going on here, um, a friend of ours from this group, Motoring United, uh, Zach, he just picked up a black uh, 2018 Fiesta ST. It's mo. I it's basically stock. It had some sort of cat back on it that because he lives in California had to be reverted, which sucks. Yeah. Um, just the other night he was trying to figure out how to get Apple CarPlay going. Yeah. It's a 2018, so I thought I would have already had it. It has Sync three, but I guess it didn't get the update. It, I oh, I know they did though. So, um, I I told him to go to the Ford website and get the Sync three update because. I don't know. I don't know when Sync Three came to those cars initially. Maybe it's like twenty. Maybe I think my car might have been the first year. Actually, it might have been twenty sixteen. Gotcha. Okay. And, or maybe fifteen. Uh, but there is an update to Sync Three that uh, allows for Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. Mm-hmm. And so you go to Ford's website, you download the software, stick it on a flash drive, and you plug the flash drive in. You wait about thirty five to forty minutes, and ta da! You're done. Your car is now modern. Yeah. So um, he was trying to figure out how to do that. But, yeah, so the cars that he's come from, uh, he's coming out of an NA Miata, uh, an NA6 to be exact. So, like, a white with tan top um, uh, 1.6 Miata. Uh, And what was – he had some, like, Mercedes CL? Or no, it was, like – it was a big body two-door coupe. I think it was still a C. Um, I don't think it was any – No, it wasn't a C. Let me see. Uh, let me see. Haha. Ha. Um, There's a CLS, maybe. It may have been. I like think a first gen CLS. So- something that was, you know, German made Mercedes. It had a fuckload of miles. It had like a quarter million miles on it. I think when he got rid of it, or approaching that at least. Yeah, I know it was pretty well done. Like lots. It of, was uh, very done. Yeah, <laughs> lots of miles in time and so, in that car. And I think him owning that car has kind of CLK three twenty. Yeah, CLK three twenty. Yeah, um, that kind of damaged, I think, uh, a perspective of auto- car ownership because things kind of kept breaking. Similar to another friend of ours that owns a Subaru. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. No. Uh, sorry, space of where I was going with that, but yeah. So that happened, and then he he bought a Miata, like kind of right after i got my fiesta actually like we were both looking at getting new, like new like attainable dream cars at the same time yeah his was just a miata and mine was my fiesta yeah and so um that has been in the grand scheme of things pretty trouble free there have been a couple of things that have come up more recently yeah um and the car is like i think approaching two hundred thousand miles as well it's yeah. really clean for being like that high miles yeah, he started to have basically the normal problems you would have with most any car, but specifically Miatas. Like, it's starting to consume some oil, and it, I think... something like a control arm or something. That control arm, and I think he had to do a head gasket as well. Yeah. Um. So, like, again, normal shit that would happen on a 200,000-mile car, especially, well, like... Yeah, and his tolerance, I guess, uh, from owning that Mercedes <laughs> kind of uh, lowered, and so that car, he he's ditching the Miata, I mean... I don't know. He's also had the Miata for three years, so like, yeah, it's not that soon. Okay, like, you you owned a Miata, you've had that experience. He's moving on. It's like, yeah. okay, cool, great. And yeah. so now uh, he's in the Fiesta, and he seems to be enjoying it so far. I'm sure he will. It's the you know newest lowest mileage car by a country. Yeah, it's mile like a thirty one thirty one thousand miles, I think, or something. Mm-hmm. Which is a pretty big improvement. Like, yeah, I think he'll, I think he'll enjoy it. Congratulations and. I know that you've loved yours for so long, and I've driven yours. It's a great little car, and yeah. it should be great. Like, no problems I mean, whatsoever. The, the Fiesta ST really is the predictable move from a Miata, like, if you need a, a hatchback. Yeah. But you still want something fun, something that, you know, gets your jimmies going. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't re—I mean, maybe the Fiat 500 to Barth? Maybe? Depends on what you're looking for. I guess so. Um, the thing about the 500 to Barth is that it's not really that usable. No. To carry things or people. It's the the best way a 500 Abarth is usable is if you never put up the rear seats, so you have a fairly large cargo area, you just have the rear seats constantly You down. could do a trunk delete or a seat delete. You could just do a seat delete, and then you have a fairly large cargo area by just the nature of not having rear seats. Well, I um, mean, kind of. Well, that's my the, point. The, the, the trunk is fucking tiny. It's, it, I mean, my, my trunk is tiny, and it dwarfs the 500 apart trunk but that's what i'm saying is that if you delete those seats you have a technically bigger trunk than like what you would normally have in something like a fiesta it is a smaller car so it's gonna be smaller um yeah in but general. seats down versus seats down 
I mean, my my car's a uh, has a lot more room. Yeah. No, no, no doubt. Uh, but I'm just thinking about when you and I were in the back seat of the <laughs> a bar and we had uh, the the slider yeah. trying to get beauty shots and we were both extremely cramped. Oh yeah, we were end to end like it was very it was very small. Um, but where I'm getting with this is that like if you did that, it's more usable than it is with the seats up, especially because yeah. the seats are practically useless in the rear. Yeah. And it is very lively. Um, it. Like, they can be made, um, they're different tools for different tasks in a way. The Fiesta is very communicative, very good at telling you what it's doing, gripping, things like that. The Fiat can do all those things at well, but it does them with a natural Italian flair. Yeah. So it is a lot more shouty with most of what it's doing. Yeah. Um, it's not uh, It's not that it's unpredictable. It actually is fairly predictable, but it will just show you little things here and there, like the exhaust popping, or like all of a sudden a little bit more dancing in a corner randomly when maybe the Fiesta would be a little more planted. Yeah. yeah. If that's more what you're going for, that's great. And they're dirt cheap. It's a little... <clears throat> it, I, I would actually say the uh, the Fiat is more hyperbolic yeah. than, than the Fiesta. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I really enjoyed that. However, even though I really enjoyed the 500 Abarth, I'm not sure if I had to choose between those two cars. I probably would choose the 500, but it would be a close race. Yeah. Because the Fiesta is more usable, not just from having usable rear seats, unlike the 500, but also just, yes, if you put the seats down, you have even more cargo well, space. There, well, there's that uh, better fuel economy in the in the Fiesta. Yep. Um, it's more stable in inclement weather. Yep. Like, imagine if I had <laughs> that during this last year's winter. Oh, I boy. mean, yes, I would have Blizzx, but... Holy fuck. <laughs> that little short wheelbase would get pretty squirrely. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Ooh. It's squirrely enough just doing regular stuff. And the trash control in the Fiesta is actually really intelligent. Yeah. Whereas I I can't speak any at all I, for I, the Fiat. I don't imagine it's good. No. Um, the, the Italians don't do snow. No. <laughs> um, they don't know what that is. They have no clue what that is. Even though they have the Alps, they generally stay in the sunshine part. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, like it... It would be uh, an interesting comparison, and I, I am sure not only is the Fiesta easier to find parts for, but also yeah. probably more reliable. Oh, it uh, is, yeah. 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 I mean, um, Fiat's with either the, the 500 uh, or uh, what was, I mean, what was the one that Stephanie had? She had 500 the 500L? Uh, yes. Like, the, like, they have, like, weird turbo, like, wastegate issues. Um, I should ask Ryan and see what problems he's, he had with his, but... They're kind of a, if you go like mini car hierarchy, quote unquote, mini, literally mini Cooper is kind of the bottom of the totem pole from a liability. They have yeah. lots of issues, constant hundred thousand, less than hundred thousand engine blows, things like that. Well, that's for the 56. I don't know what the more current uh, reliability records are for like the newer ones. And really we won't know for another few years yeah. once they get more miles and time on them. Yeah. Fiat seems to be like one step above the 1.4 multi-air generally seems to be a okay engine. Uh, with can have silly issues, but isn't like those also have like really early like s like issues below 100k. But that's why I'm saying they're like barely yeah. probably one step above, and then something like your Fiesta is several steps above that. Yeah, as far as the platform's pretty robust, generally don't have internal engine issues, stuff like that. Right, most and, of the time. But it's also a Ford product, so like okay, the um the uh, I'm, I'm spacing on the word right now, but um for the HVAC. Oh, yes. Blendor. The, uh, Blendor. Yep. Yeah. Uh, like Blendor actuators. It's not an if but when issue. And it's a clicking that goes like. When you turn it off or on or whatever. Um, so for me and the the type of issue, I think, is a per car basis. But when I turn my car on and when I turn it off and get out in a reasonable amount of time, because, you know, I like to be on my phone and when I pull into the garage or something. Yep. Um, there like it won't click. It's only when. You uh, say deactivate the feet. If you yep. if you have both high and like the the upper and lower airs on at the same time, yep, no problem. Um, when you turn off like the the feet air, mm -hmm. it'll do it. Yep. I don't think it does it for the top. If you turn off the top, yeah. And if you're, it, it'll happen after like probably five minutes. If you're like still in the car, like after it's off, mm -hmm. then it'll click. But. Yeah, it's, it, it, again, normal, f weird Ford issues, just yeah. typical cheap shit. But, mm -hmm. well, anyways, I think we've probably been going for, actually, Jesus, we've been going for a good amount of time now, so. Sweet. Cool. Um, well, thank you all for listening, and, uh, yeah, as is 
podcast was recorded, actually. We just dropped uh, Mark 8 GTI DSG. We filmed that on Antelope Island. Uh, it was my buddy Jaden and I. Uh, shout out to Tanner for uh, lending us. I mean, J- Jaden took delivery, and he just drove it up with me. Yeah. Um, but thanks, Tanner, for uh, lending us your car for me to take a poo on. I'm going to send you some photos. Not of me pooing on your car, but send you photos of the car. That's an image. <laughs> um. Yeah, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching our uh, our videos. We have well, what we're working on um, Reliant Robin right yeah. now, which so will be fun and interesting. It's it will be fun and interesting. Uh, we definitely did some experimentation with the with the filmography, not the filmography, but the just the narrative film aspect of it. Yep. So uh, look forward to that. Well, the Mark A GTI is the last of our block, isn't it? Yep. So it'll be probably around a month gap or so. Um, and then we'll start dropping more stuff. Mm-hmm. So be watching for that probably sometime late July, early August. Cool. Or, e- oh, sorry, no. early, early, late June, early August. Yeah. My bad. I'm a yeah. month ahead in my brain. Words is tough. <laughs> yep. And uh, you'll probably see a few of them, three or four there. And you, a few of them you've already heard of. Robin's one. And what, you, uh, well, what else do we have? We have Robin. We have, uh, I revisit the Mark V R32 because I also took a poo on that. And get a little redemption there. Yep. Um, we have, there was one more we had filmed um veloster n veloster n yeah and then we're actually going to film one today so yes uh but i didn't even talk about it because i drove it here uh i guess tune in next week to see what that is about i guess we'll both have some more things to talk about we with will, next week i drove it here but you're going to be on camera with it so yep. um yeah let's go for a drive shall we sounds good to me All thanks right. guys see you bye